good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. So as usual, we'll start off with today's COVID numbers. Thailand logged a record 15,376 new COVID-19 cases and 87 new fatalities over the previous 24 hours. The Public Health Ministry announced on Monday morning, taking the country's accumulated caseload past half a million. The new caseload was marginally more than the 15,335 announced on Sunday, although the number of reported fatalities was significantly lower than Sunday's 129. Of the 15,376 new cases, 14,335 were in the general population and 1,041 among prison inmates. And that brings us into a roundup of Phuket Sandbox news. Phuket infections continue to climb, another COVID debt marked. The Phuket Provincial Health Office has reported 28 new local infections on the island for yesterday, July 25th, bringing the total number of local infections in Phuket for the past seven days to 84. The latest daily COVID report also marks one new death attributed to COVID-19, but provides no further details. According to the report, the 28 new local infections brings the total number of infections confirmed on the island since April 3rd to 932. Of note, the PPHO marked 11 new COVID cases confirmed on July 17th, giving a total of 101 infections over the past eight days. However, the PPHO yesterday confirmed that it is not counting the number of infections according to seven continuous days. Instead, it's counting the number of infections according to defined weeks. As such, the method of counting allows for an excess of 90 infections within seven days without being recognized by Phuket officials. The Center of COVID-19 Situation Administration last month announced publicly, in English, that more than 90 case infections on the island within one week would be reason for officials to consider further action regarding the Phuket Sandbox scheme, including suspending the scheme altogether. Now that brings us to what will happen if province reaches the threshold of 90 cases. According to the Phuket COVID Information Centre, there is four levels of adjustment measures available to the officials starting from light to heavy. First available remedy is to reduce activity on the island for all residents. The second option is to execute a plan to have a sealed route for tourists only. The third is to initiate quarantine measures within the hotel quarantine system. And lastly, it's to suspend the Phuket Sandbox model. What I find very interesting about this is the sudden change in how we're going to report everything. Most people understood that if it was seven continuous days and would have 90 cases, that would be reason to hit the alarm bell. But now it's defining it as the cases in one week, which is a very strange way to operate. But you can see what they're trying to do here. They're trying to protect the sandbox at all cost. What I also find very interesting is these new measures that they may put in place. Now, the first one is to, as I as I read out, was to reduce activity on the island for all residents. And then it continues with other different things. Now, what's most interesting about this is it seems to be only focused on tourists. Tourists coming into Phuket from abroad are not the issue here. The issue on the island is Thai people coming from dark red and red zones who are bringing COVID and infecting other people. 
They know this, hence why the borders into the island have been all but basically shut. It's not the tourists arriving, the tourists are doing three Covid tests, so what's the idea of suddenly having to tell tourists you're going to have to be stuck in a sealed route only, or you may have to quarantine in the hotel? The tourists aren't the issue here. It always seems to me that the Phuket authorities like to blame tourists for everything that goes on, and foreigners. They never look at their own and say, well, out of those 28 infections, oh wait a minute, all were Thai. There were two sandbox infections, bringing the total number to 30, but they didn't report it like that, by the way. They reported 28 only and separate two sandbox cases. If 28 cases are from Thais then, the problem is with Thai people. And if you read the comments on Facebook, most Thai people acknowledge that this is where the infections are coming from. Lack of screening coming into the island and then COVID spreading throughout. They all know this, but somehow the tourist has to suffer by being thrown into a sealed route in Patong or Kamala, or being told you're going to have to quarantine the hotel, they're making it sound like the tourists are the problem here. But as I've said, the tourists are not the problem. So what do you think about all this? Do you think this is the tourist issue? Or do you think this is the island's issue to clear up the infections that are being imported domestically into the island? I'd love to hear what you think down below in the comments section. Now, on another sandbox story in relation to sandbox tourists not scared off, says Phuket official, the Phuket vice governor has refuted claims that almost a third of tourists who entered the island under the sandbox scheme decided to return home due to escalating COVID-19 figures. Vice Governor Pia Pong explained yesterday that he saw a news headline from the B-Times website stating 3,000 sandbox tourists had decided to go home due to a combination of newly infected rising and stricter land border entry conditions implemented to contain the virus. Between the opening of the sandbox scheme on July 1 through to yesterday, a total of 10,849 people have arrived, he said. Approximately 3,000 have returned to their home countries as they have completed their holidays before or at the 14-day mark. I want to clarify that these tourists left Phuket as per their own original plans and not because of the higher numbers of infected cases. The vice governor added that the total of 10,849 arrivals since the Sandbach launched 4,692 remain on the island, of which 4,568 have already completed their 14-day mandatory stay, meaning 3,157 have left the island to des destinations elsewhere in the country. Of the 4,692 still remaining, some will stay here, some will head elsewhere in Thailand, and some will head back to their countries, he said. It's funny, these guys get all bent out of shape by reports on websites that nobody's ever heard of. Your sandbox model should speak for itself. Rumour on a website that nobody's ever heard of should, should be left as a rumour on a website. By you addressing it, you're giving it some kind of validity. And I'm starting to think that maybe these people have left early. Who knows? I do see a lot of people, though, in fairness, say that the organisation of the sandbox when they arrive is very, very good. They have no issues with that. Getting through the airport quite fast. Getting to the hotel's fine. Getting their COVID test done very good. A lot of people don't like the restrictions of not being able to go to a bar and have a drink, not being able to drink alcohol in a restaurant after nine o'clock, having no entertainment venues open. These things do bother people and if you read comments on various social media outlets you will see this. So there is a combination of a lot of very happy people and a lot of people who are like, eh, it's not exactly what I thought my holiday was going to be. Now another thing and a very interesting comment I saw yesterday on a Twitter feed was a guy who had just come back from abroad. He rather posted that a lot of the people that were arriving in Phuket that he saw and chit-chatting with. A lot were teachers heading back to Thailand to prepare for the upcoming year and jobs that would be available. 
I don't believe there's a whole lot of tourists out there. I think, as most of us know and understand, there are probably expats who've been abroad who want to return home, Thais who've wanted to come home, and they're using the sandbox as their method of entry into Thailand without having to go to Bangkok and do 14 days hotel quarantine. And that's absolutely fair enough. Phuket officials should just say that. They're all the time trying to say, oh, tourists are paying this much and tourists are spending all this. You know, Nobody really cares. What everybody does care about is people come in, they have a good time. If they are genuine tourists, they enjoy themselves. If they're genuine expats, they get to go home to their homes. What's the big deal? Anyway, so that's where we are now. Uh, hopefully things will continue to get better. As I've also said, they're going to be opening up, hopefully, the seven days in Phuket and seven days what they call island hopping where you can go to Phi Island, Koyao or you can go up to Kaolak in Panyao province. Now that should get the CCSA approval tomorrow. It's not guaranteed things can come up. That is in the pipeline to open those three areas up. So we'll see how that goes. The earliest a tourist will be able to visit those places will be probably August 8th. So there's still time for them to approve it and get things you know set up so they have a little bit of time even august 1 when they said it's going to start as i say it won't be till august 8 when tourists will be able to go to these destinations i mean it breaks up the holiday nicely so we'll see how that pans out as well hotels face grim outlook domestic demand for hotels remains gloomy because of the steady daily rise in new infections forcing hoteliers to hope for a big reopening scheme for foreign visitors to shore up travel demand Tighter travel restrictions on locals to curb the new outbreak have caused domestic tourist arrivals in Phuket, Krabi and Panya to hit rock bottom, said the president of the southern chapter of the Thai Hotels Association. The number of tourists using the Phuket Sandbox scheme, which reached around 10,000 in the first month, had a limited impact, giving there are 30,000 rooms available on the island, which is used to welcoming 1 million tourists per month. Hotel operators are looking forward to an improved situation starting in October. Mr. Konsak said the upcoming 7 plus 7 sandbox extension, which allows tourists to stay in Phuket for seven days before visiting other islands, will attract more travellers and income to the Andaman Islands. If the reopening plan moves forward and the country can control the outbreak more effectively, leading the EU to place Thailand back on the safe travel list, we can expect a surge in demand of 20 to 30% at the end of the year, he said. President of the THA's southern chapter for the East Coast, said the occupancy rate in June sank to 6.64% amid the latest outbreak, while demand for the Samui Plus reopening initiative remained tepid. The requirement to spend seven days on quarantine facilities is the key factor deterring tourists, he said. Travel agents are reluctant to roll out marketing campaigns if the mandatory quarantine requirement is not lifted. After Chambori was yesterday downgraded to a dark red zone, domestic tourism there evaporated, said the president of the THA's Eastern Chapter. He urged the government to accelerate its vaccination plan for the Patia Moves On, as only 20% of the target population has been vaccinated. Operators are negotiating with the Chambori Provincial Public Health to procure 50 to 60,000 vaccine doses for frontline tourist workers. President of the THA's Northern Chapter said Charming Chiang Mai, the reopening plan set for September 1, also faces a vaccine shortage. At present, only 18% of residents are vaccinated. There is no surprise here with the very, very low occupancy numbers. To be quite frank and honest, if you're in any part of Southern Thailand right now, some of the big destinations... 
Some hotels for the last two months have been going around 0%. They've had no guests in them. And it's very, very sad for these big hotel operators. There's no domestic tourism because the restrictions to come into some of these provinces are just too much for you know locals to go to the bother of adhering to getting a COVID test, having your vaccination. And considering the low amount of people that are vaccinated in the country, there just isn't that many people out there who meet the criteria. Now, they have a lot of plans to open up a lot of different areas within Thailand at the moment. It all depends on vaccines. And everybody keeps asking for vaccines. But no matter how much they ask, there is a problem here. The government just don't have all these vaccines. They have a limited supply each month. They're mainly at the moment being used in Bangkok because that's where the great, the, the biggest outbreak of COVID is. So it's been used there. Islands like Phuket have been getting their fair share too because that was originally on the reopening program. So they diverted a lot of vaccines there, close to, I think, nearly a million doses, I guess, with the population that they had planned to vaccinate. So yes, all those vaccines have gone there too. So everybody wants vaccines. Everybody wants to reopen up. And I can understand that. There's a reality to the situation right now is that COVID is getting worse in the country and there's just not enough vaccines. So where does that put the country and the prime minister reopening in 120 days? I'm not quite sure. They need vaccines to be able to do it. And I don't see where they're going to be coming from. Now that brings us on to the Tourism Authority of Thailand chief says October's reopening plan for 10 provinces will need to be reassessed considering the pandemic. The chief of the Tourism Authority of Thailand has noted that the pandemic is out of control in Thailand and vaccination is still low. This was reported in Sanuk in a brief report. In a similarly brief statement that is bound to attract widespread ridicule along the lines of you don't say so, Yutasak noted that this may mean a readjustment to plans to reopen the country to foreign tourists in 10 provinces come the start of October and Thailand's high season. This came as the spokesman for the economic situation brought out on by COVID, citing TAT figures, insisted that tourism spending will be 850 billion baht this year. The October 1st reopening plan, part of Prime Minister Priyat Chanocha's grand 120-day reopening master plan, applies to Bangkok, Chiang Mai, Prachakiri Khan, which is Hua Hin, Pechaburi, Chanburi, Buriam, as well as Phuket, Surat Thani, Krabi and Panya, where reopening is progressing according to plans already in place. Yudasek told Sanuk that the pandemic could not be controlled at the present time and he noted the CCSA were reporting 10,000 new cases daily. Actually, they are starting to hit 15,000 with fears that they could top 20,000 or even 30,000 daily, according to reports in the media. Many lockdowns and travel restrictions are also in place, some in the same provinces that are part of the reopening plans, including Bangkok. Yutasek noted that vaccinations were still low. New assessments and plans were necessary, given the current situation as Thailand would have to be careful regarding safety and risk factors. He said this included the possibility of foreigners bringing in more infections. Interesting, he did not comment on potential tourists looking at Thailand and thinking that a visit might not be advisable at this time or in the coming months, especially with other more favourable domestic or closer-to-home options available to US and European tourists. Yeah, this is just common sense and he seems to be just spitting out exactly common sense in a statement. But yet again, he said this included the possibility of foreigners bringing in more infections. Again, always pushing it on to the foreigners for some reason. I don't know what's with all these government ministers and heads of associations in Thailand. It's as if they're, you know, they think foreigners aren't listening to what they're saying. It's unbelievable at times. Trying to get off the whole foreigner's fault.
COVID is nobody's fault anymore. COVID is spreading all around the world. There's nothing that can be done right now about it. The numbers are going up, going up, going up. And continuously pointing the finger at foreigners for some reason. We should, should we go back to how the third wave all started? Those little seedy clubs in Bangkok where ministers and, you know, other guys like to frequent, where the first cluster started? Of course, they won't mention that. Now that brings us on to some relaxing of measures in Bangkok. Eateries and department stores to be allowed to sell online. Restaurants and department stores would be allowed to sell food online to customers under a proposal to be submitted to the CCSA for approval this Tuesday. Ms. Tressery said the CCSA Operations Centre at its meeting on July 22nd resolved that the Ministry of Public Health should set criteria for restaurants and department stores to sell food online, taking into consideration the hardship caused by the restrictions imposed on them. The Ministry had proposed the following measures. All employees of the eateries be required to strictly observe DMHT, that's distancing, mask, hand washing and temperature taking, rules and travel to work along sealed routes. Anyone found to have a respiratory problem or to have been in close contact with someone infected with COVID-19 must stop work. Department stores should provide a waiting area for people who arrive to collect orders. The area must be open, well ventilated, not crowded and DMHT rules must be implemented. Employees who deliver food to clients in the waiting area must always wear face masks, practice social distancing, carry hand sanitizing gel, check temperature and log into Tai Chana or More Chana apps. Anyone found to have a respiratory problem or have been in close contact with an infected person must stop work. The proposals would be submitted to the CCSA for approval. Seems all like common sense there, but yet again, they shut down the restaurants and all these shopping malls. And then they give, didn't give them an outlet to make any money. We all know in big city like Bangkok, you have a lot of food delivery apps. So, you know, you're having them closed. They could be still, you know, making some kind of money each day. Have one staff in, a few chefs, you know, and still having some kind of turnover every day. Because I'm sure in these big shopping malls, they're still paying rent when they're closed. Because knowing these big landlords who run all these uh, shopping centers, they don't stop uh, the rent. They keep charging you. So, yeah. It seems like a common sense approach. Why didn't that happen at the beginning? That has to be the question too. And finally, Thais abroad share COVID tales. The Thai government should learn a few things from overseas countries as it strives to end the COVID-19 pandemic, Thais living abroad said. Tamarit Kamplot, 31, a PhD student in engineering at the University of Manchester, received his two doses of Pfizer recently, delivered free as they are provided by the British government. As everyone is registered with the National Health Service, or NHS, everyone will have the NHS number, including migrants who entered the UK legally. So there is no need to register for a vaccination. You will get a notification via SMS for your general practitioner and there will be a link to book a time and date, he said. The UK vaccine scheme was arranged according to age and risk factors. Those 40 years old and above, frontline workers and vulnerable groups will be the first to get the AstraZeneca vaccine. Those 40 years old or under would get Pfizer or Moderna. Unlike Thailand, which has too many mobile applications providing COVID-19 information, we only have the NHS COVID-19 app to update everything like tracing our contacts, QR code check-ins and updates of control measures, he said. His university has an NHS joint COVID-19 testing centre, so he had the chance to get tested twice a week for free. The university also provides us with a test kit for free. Even in the lab that I'm working, they have a bowl of test kits provided. For normal people, you can get a test kit for free by registering for them and the government will send you a kit to your front door. He said people can test themselves with an RT-PCR test at home and send it back via post. 
the result is delivered the next day. The limitation is about hospitalization, as not everyone will get a bed, even if you have breathing difficulty. However, it is understandable that they reserve beds for those in a coma. Their symptoms are much worse and they need intensive care. For those who need to be treated at home, such as those with light symptoms, the hospital will send medicine to their home and medical staff will call daily, he said. Everything is free of charge, he added. As the British government had opposed the lockdown to contain the virus, many firms are forced to close. He was one of those affected by the lockdowns as he works as a waiter at a Thai restaurant which closed. The British government provided financial aid up to 80% of his income of both owners and staff. They began the vaccination scheme really well. The government says 87.9% of residents in the UK have now received their first dose and 69.5% their second dose. If the Thai government had taken the vaccine rollout and welfare management more seriously, Thailand would have avoided its present crisis, he said. Pong Pong Chinaran 30, a political science graduate from St. Petersburg University in Russia, shared his experience on getting his first dose of the Russia-made vaccine Sputnik. All I needed to do was pay a metro fare as I had to get vaccinated in a department store. Vaccine booths are open there. Everyone in Russia, regardless of nationality, can get a vaccine for free, he said. You just show a passport, national ID card or a medical insurance on vaccination day. A central Russian government website posts updates of the COVID-19 situation including bookings for vaccines. Currently, there was no vaccine support for tourists, but the government was working on this. And that's just a little tale of Thai people who are abroad telling their story about the different locations that they've been in and their experience. But if you do read more of this article, and I'll leave a link down below to the article, the common trend in this article is that they're basically saying the Thai government have cocked it all up. Now, the first guy, what he says is, well, there's only one app. In Thailand, I can tell you there could be three to four apps at this stage for doing things. There's an app for checking in if you go to a shop. There's another app for contact tracing. There's another app to book a vaccine that doesn't work. There's another app for something else. There's at least four apps and none of them ever work properly. And that's that, that's the most frustrating part about it all. Too much. Nobody ever thought just to make one and use it for everything. Take a little extra time, pay a little extra money, get some professionals in and get it done. And what this guy is saying is, yeah, everything is free. You can get tested for free. You don't need to worry about paying for it because they're thinking the more cases we find, the more we'll limit the spread. In Thailand, getting a test costs you an arm and a leg. I found out today that a local hospital in the area that I am, that soon may be having international tourists, are charging foreign tourists twice the amount of a Thai for an RT-PCR test. So the Thai is paying about 2,900 and the foreigner I think is paying about 5,010 baht, nearly twice. By the way, a foreigner with a work permit pays 3,990 Thai baht. This doesn't go on in a lot of the world. Prices should be set. That's it. Not according to where you're from, whether you have a work permit, whether you're a tourist, Thai people who live abroad. I always admire them for going abroad and living in other countries. And then a lot of them do return, but they bring back a different mentality. But the problem with the government in this country is most of them have never lived outside of Thailand. Probably half of them never even vacationed out of Thailand. And they just don't know what goes on around the world. They don't have an open mind to things. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. We are available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you tomorrow.